I speak to you interactively this word. The king is coming. (laughs) I feel like laughing. (laughs) Woo! Who is the king of glory? You may be seated in Jesus' name. (laughs) I have to tell the story. You need to know the story. But before I get there, please note, there is something that is required of me. Even as I stand here tonight, whatever energy that occupies my frame, I am required to give God my best praise. I don't know what kind of week you had or what kind of day you've had, but let's just call it the evening sacrifice. It's required of everybody to give God the best praise who are a part of the kingdom of the most high God. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord is strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. I offer to you the last days of David. In the final moments of his life, we see him sinking beneath the infirmities of age. The sun has certainly moved far past its meridian. Which in an age past would have been known as someone approaching the gates of the grave. It's troubling to view this mighty warrior in his last moments of life. But in the passages that I will present, we are faced with the reality of the length of years. Things will change for everyone in this house. So indeed... Let not the strong man glory in his strength, but rather glory in the Lord. In the moments leading up to David's final breath, the Bible will describe much turmoil and unrest in Israel. I'll offer a small description of the sons of David, not all but a few. Amnon, his firstborn son, brought him unspeakable grief only to be followed up by his third son, Absalom, who murdered his brother, and then likewise turned David to scorn. Both of those young men died too young, and in the most unpleasant ways did they die. David's family was fractured beyond our thought. I cannot, won't chronicle it here tonight. The pain of it all sent David reeling for many years to come, his second-born son, the son of Abigail, we can only suppose brought him comfort, through, though the scripture gives us almost no insight 
The fourth son was Adonijah. With Bathsheba, David had two sons. The first one will live a mere seven days and then pass away. And then afterward came Solomon. He was the second son born to David and Bathsheba. Their relationship began in haste and indeed in lust. But David repented, which then became the foundation upon which Solomon grew. Perhaps when fathers repent, the whole house is healed. We are in David's final days and there are two sons vying for the same place, Adonijah and Solomon. The scripture will speak of Adonijah as a comely young man. He's a good looking guy. But his looks also match his temper, violent, obscene. At one point, he was the jewel in his father's eye, but out of jealousy, he became a thorn in his side. David has many notable and admirable qualities. Few men could make the boast as well as him. Despite his failings and shortcomings, David's steps are mostly worth following. He led men into battle. He led Israel into worship. He led Jerusalem into sacrifice and much more. But David had one critical flaw. He does not lead his sons very well. He doesn't correct them. He fails to instruct them. When they did something wrong, David did not deal with them. In short, he did not father them. Here's the Bible. Of David concerning Absalom. His father had never interfered with him by asking, why do you behave as you do? David is so busy being the leader of a people that he fails to lead his sons. And because of that, the sons, most of them, do not know his heart. Absent Solomon, his sons do not imprint on him. They see him as a distant father, a ruler, and a hero. Perhaps, however, not their hero. And now in the twilight of his life, even upon his bed of death, Adonijah has taken occasion to pronounce himself the new king. You see, David did not set up any succession plan. He must have known that he would not live forever, but he was gratified, we must assume, that he was still in charge, and it caused him to close his eye to the most needful transition of the monarch. And because David did not set forth the proclamation and the appointment of the next king, Adonijah ostentatiously filled the void. Adonijah had become a conniving man. He believed that he could assume the throne by virtue of his own decree. He set himself up. He lifted himself up. If I may pause for a moment and plant this seed in the fertile soil of some heart, let God lift you up. Because if God lifts you up, no one can take you down. If God be for you, who can be against you? But if you make your own decree about who you think you are, your fall is guaranteed to come. I'll read it for you. For though the Lord is nigh, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Toward the scorners, he is scornful, but to the humble, he gives favor. One's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. 
He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourself, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Adonijah didn't know these words. And if he did, he didn't live by them. Instead, his father spent his final days hanging on to his remaining strength. All the while, Adonijah was plotting to steal the throne. Here's the Bible. Adonijah conferred with Joab, son of Zeriah, and with Abathar, the priest, and they gave him their support. Think of it. Adonijah conspired with traitors. He took occasion to go through the mechanics of self-declaration. He gathered the necessary animals and sacrificed sheep, cattle, and the Bible says the fatted calves. For moral support, we are told that he invited all of the disgruntled people to join him. He contacted all those who had ought against his father David, even some of the royal officials. Notice verse 10 of 1 Kings chapter 1. But he did not invite Nathan the prophet or Benaiah or the special guard or his brother Solomon. Which leads me to know that it's not always who is at your table that tells the story of your life. It might also be who you haven't invited in your life. You're in trouble when you include the disgruntled and reject the spiritual. Adonijah sets up a mock ceremony outside of Jerusalem. He wants to upstage everyone else from the moment, anyone else who might come. But the news of it reaches the prophet Nathan, who then offers profound wisdom to Bathsheba. Nathan knows that if Adonijah takes the throne, both Bathsheba and Solomon will suffer harm. They might even be put to death. Adonijah has no honor, he has no respect, he has no compassion or decency, and for certain, the tendencies of his father, the tenderness, the love of his father, David, is not inside of him. So Bathsheba enters the room of her dying husband and tells him all that is happening beyond Jerusalem. She says to David, and I quote, And thou, my lord, O king, the eyes of all of Israel is upon thee, that thou shouldest tell them who shall sit on the throne of my lord, the king, after him. Otherwise, it shall come to pass when my lord, the king, shall sleep with his fathers, that I and my son Solomon shall be counted offenders. And now, finally, after all this time and missing so many occasions to make the transition while he had strength, David finally hands the reins of the monarch to Solomon. Hear the Bible, verse 29. And the king swear and said, as the Lord liveth, that hath redeemed my soul out of all my distress, even as I swear unto thee by the Lord God of Israel, saying, Assuredly, Solomon thy son shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne in my stead. Even so will I certainly do this day. I'm going to make him the king. David made his proclamation that Solomon will be the king. And the next few moments are paramount to that moment and to this one. <laughs> I know. I know. That our view of the donkey is not always pleasant. I get it. The mule. The donkey. 
gets no respect. (laughs) He doesn't garnish the same attention that a rearing stallion or a racehorse does. I don't even know if there's a preakness for donkeys. Even though a donkey is more sure-footed and can, can traverse the sides of mountains and cliffs, the donkey, even though it has greater balance and in general is really stronger, it doesn't have the same appeal to us. Give me a thoroughbred any day of the week. I'll take a quarter horse over a mule, a mule in a second. There is no comparison to a stallion. Our Western culture, of course, doesn't see the significance of the mule very well. And of course, it's obvious. Horses are beautiful and magnificent and mules and donkeys are not. But in those days, when a king came to be announced to be the next king, he didn't ride on a horse. His announcement came riding on a donkey. The donkey, the mule, was significant to the commencement of the order of the new king. You understood who the king was when he came riding on a mule or a donkey. Even from the scripture, we know that David rode on a mule. It showed both his kingship and the type of king he would be. Because David's instructions were this in 1 Kings 1 and 33. He said, go get my mule. Take with you the servants of your Lord and call Solomon to ride upon my own mule and bring him down to Gihon. That's not to say that the kings don't ride horses. Of course they rode horses. But the horse is a symbol of war. It was made for battle. The horse is grand and brilliant. It was fierce and intimidating, especially in times of battle. See the king's stallion arrayed with armor on its chest and front quarters. In battle, the horse might wear armor with spikes protruding outward. Metal, like silver scales, covering his shoulders and forehead with only his muzzle open to breathe. His pole, the upper head, would be arraigned in plume. And maybe his withers and flanks also covered with sharpened metal. Go look at pictures and you'll see that the horse might have attached to his knees and cannon the same brilliant suit of armor with spikes ready to rip through the foot soldiers as it pranced, raced, and marched through the oncoming enemy. Kings ride horses, but not to announce their appointment as king. When they want to make a public declaration about who they are and what their position is, they rode a donkey. David said, go get my mule. We have a declaration to make. And let, at, let Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, anoint him the king and then blow the trumpet and say, God, save the king Solomon. And this is the reason why. Because somebody is after the throne. An imposter wants to occupy the place which he is not qualified. Hear me now. If we let the enemy have his way, he will sit in a place of authority over our life. This has been the battle for a long time before you were ever in a twinkling in your mama's eye. This has been from the inception of time, even before time came. Satan said it in the beginning. I will ascend. Here's Isaiah. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit 
upon the mount of the congregation. That means he wants to rule over you in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. There is an imposter masquerading as the king in my life. He is a deceiver. He's a liar. He's limited, but he's imitating the construct of the holy things of God. But there is a prophecy uttered from the mouth of Zechariah. Rejoice, O greatly, you Zion, children of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming. It's a prophetic word. He is just and having salvation. He's lowly. He's riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. And I'll cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. Hear me. When the king comes, he's going to put aside battle. He's going to put aside war. He's going to be a man of peace. He's going to be the king that provides peace. I hope you can see it. You see, to make the announcement that Solomon had to, had to make, he had to ride on a mule, a donkey. And not only was it critical for the new king, but here comes the obligation of the people. That's me and you. See, there's something that's required of me even as I stand here tonight. Whatever energy that I have left that occupies my frame, I am required to give God praise. And it comes from the Bible. And Zadok, the priest, took a horn of oil out of the tabernacle and anointed Solomon. And they blew the trumpet. And all the people said, God saved King Solomon. And all the people came up after him. And the people piped with pipes and rejoiced with great joy so that the earth rent with the sound of them. I just have one Commission. This is the final day. And Jesus commands his disciples. Go into the city. You'll find a donkey and a colt tied up. Tell the man you need them. That the Lord needs them. He's just going to give them to you. You won't rent them or buy them. You'll just take them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and they laid their clothes on them and set him on them. The disciples put Jesus on the donkey. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed after cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Luke said, blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. But the Pharisees were angry. They were trying to shut down the sound. They were trying to close out the shouts of the people. Because the Pharisees knew the significance of the moment. The Pharisees saw it for what it really was. They knew it and it angered them. It infuriated them. And they were well aware of the law of Moses and the historical prophecies of Jacob. Their entire lives were wrapped up in the words and the deeds of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When Jacob died, before he died, he gave a prophecy to all of his sons. And he looked up long enough to say to Judah, one of his sons, Judah, 
Your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, O Judah. You return from the prey, my son, like a lion. He crouches and lies down like a lioness who dares rouse him. The scepter will not depart from your hand, Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between your feet until he comes to whom it belongs and the obedience of the nations is his. This is prophetic, Judah. Jesus coming from the tribe of Judah. He will tether his donkey to a vine, his colt to the choicest branch. He will wash his garments in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. And there is no doubt that they had read Jacob's blessing and the prophecy over Judah. They knew what it meant and they tried to stop it. Stop praising, they said. Stop clapping, they said. Stop shouting, they said. The the response of the people was set long ago. Hear the response of the people. And Jonathan answered and said to Adonijah, I've got to, I've got to come as the king. I'm going to put myself on a mule. Hear me. And the people shouted with a great shout. It's a two part, it's a two part answer. First, he comes riding on a mule. And the second part is mine. I have to recognize him as the king. If he is your king, you will shout with a great shout so that the ground rings and tears in his place. If he is your king, you ought to shout with a great shout because the king is coming. Your king is coming. Your king is coming. Your king is coming. This is my only commission tonight. Whatever you have left in your mouth, in your breath, in your strength, you ought to stand up and you ought to shout to God. He is coming. Your king is coming. Recognize him as the king. Keep standing. I hope I get my, my, my number right, but I'm pretty sure I read it. A 28-minute standing ovation for one of the leaders of the world. And it was not provoked. Now, when Kim Jong-un comes, they are provoked to cry and clap for as long as he stands. But they're not doing it because they love him. They do it because they fear him, the leader of North Korea. But the other great leader was given a 28-minute standing ovation. Hear me. If you've got any energy to give, don't give it to your job. Don't give it to your vacation. Don't give it to your front yard or your garden. If you've got any energy, you ought to recognize that the king of glory just walked into the house. Is he your king? You ought to not be provoked and don't do it out of fear because he's riding in peace and his name is Jesus. He is Jesus of Nazareth and he is the king of glory. Who is the king of glory? I think we can clap and shout because the king of glory has come in. If the world can clap and shout. 
more sports figures. I think we can recognize the King of Glory because he's in the house. Welcome. We recognize you. The Prince of Peace. The King of Glory. to lose your voice shouting for the king of glory praise him praise him praise him shout to him cry out to him Recognize him. The king has come. The king has come. The king has come. Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the. I want to make a great noise. Help me, Roman. I want to make a great noise with my hands and my heart and my voice. I only have one thing to do is to recognize the king of glory. try to defeat any spiritual battle around me but something does happen when you do this here's the scripture you ready first Kings chapter 1 verse 43 just follow down with me now and Jonathan answered and said to Adonijah because the Adonijah heard he heard the noise he heard the noise he heard it from afar he heard it the enemy hears it from afar. Let me tell you, the devil is shaking in his shoes. Every time that you shout at God, So a young man said to Adonijah, our Lord, the king. This is one of the guys who had just anointed Adonijah to be king. But when they heard the news, this is not Jonathan, the son of Saul. This is another Jonathan of Abathar. This is the, the false high priest's son. Let's just call him John. John comes over to Adonijah and said, Verily our Lord, King David, first, thank you. David has made Solomon king. And the king has set with him Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet, legitimate spiritual men, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and the Chethethites and the Polithites. They have caused them to ride upon what? The king's mule. They put him on the king's mule. You see, Adonijah can replicate sacrifices 
and he can replicate false authorities but he cannot represent replicate the mule he doesn't have it he doesn't have the recognition because God hath given Jesus a name which is above every other name that is the name of Jesus every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess and you cannot replicate the king Almost there. And watch. This is what he said. And Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet. Watch this. It's beautiful. Here's what the Bible says You are kings and priests. You are the children of the Most High God. You are gifted with prophetic words and the gifts of the Spirit. And they anointed him king in Gihon. And they are come up from thence rejoicing. The people anointed Solomon. So that the city rang again. This is the noise that ye have heard. The people anointed the king. Make him be quiet. Make him be quiet. Tell him to be quiet. And Jesus turned to them and said... If they don't praise me, if they don't praise me, somebody's going to praise me. When you shout at him and recognize him, you are anointing your king and you're recognizing here, king, and the enemy is running. He hears the sound because you let it out of your mouth. This is the noise that you heard. 